I'm Ralph Meyer with Meyer Farms in San Marcos, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Glad to be back with you again for another edition of Texas Ag Today. Jump on in with me. Buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, you may not hear about border problems every day in the news, but that doesn't mean they've gone away. The problems that farmers and ranchers are facing on the Mexican border continue. We'll check in with Texas Congressman Tony Gonzalez, who represents a large part of that border, coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host, along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. In agriculture, we often hear about beneficial insects helping out with pest control. I'm James Hunt, and coming up on Texas Ag Today, we'll get some thoughts on buying beneficials. A new corn trait has been approved by the Environmental Protection Agency to control insects such as corn earworm and corn rootworm. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. Many producers have gotten into the habit of purchasing or producing lower quality hay and relying on feeding supplements. By paying more attention to hay quality, producers can reduce the need to feed supplements. We will discuss factors that affect hay quality. I'm Dr. Vanessa Olson from Overton. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Texas farmers and ranchers along the Mexican border are still facing challenges and dangers from a flood of illegal immigrants. Congressman Tony Gonzalez represents a large district along the border, and he says farmers and ranchers in his district are facing those dangers every day. 100% everywhere I go throughout my district, it's the number one issue, and there really isn't a close one. Even with record gas prices, the fertilizer crisis, and everything that's happening in the world, the border continues to be the number one issue in my district. And you're seeing record numbers of apprehensions, record numbers of drugs and illicit material coming over, record numbers of migrant deaths. I mean, it is all pure chaos along the border. Gonzalez says he recently hosted. 13 members of Congress for a tour of the border. He says he's hosted a total of 54 members of Congress over the past year. Some new records were set at the recent Houston Livestock Show. Bidders at the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo's annual Junior Market Steer Auction set new records over the weekend. 
According to auction officials, this year's grand champion market steer brought in a whopping $1 million, surpassing the previous record of $625,000 that was set in 2019. The steer was shown by Avon Horn of Anson. It was purchased by former HLSR president Don Jordan and his family in recognition of both his and HLSR's 90th year. The reserve grand champion steer also set a record Saturday. It brought in $625,000, surpassing the previous record of $367,000, which was also set in 2019. The steer was shown by Tristan Himes of Sterling City. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. Spring is here, and it's time to start a fly control program for your cow herd. Randy Knight is a territory manager for Central Life Sciences. He's based in Sanger, Texas, and says you need to start early to keep flies under control this year. Well, we're shooting for, we call it the economic threshold. We want to keep it under 200 flies per animal. Typically, when we're talking about cattle on pasture, we're talking about one fly, and that's the horn fly. There's other flies that that can be a problem. That would be stable flies, face flies, and house flies. Now, we don't have face flies in the state of Texas, but those flies are more of a premise-type problem where when we're talking about cattle on pasture, horned fly is our target animal. Knight says Central Life Sciences makes a feed-through product called Altacid IGR which can provide season-long control of the horn fly as long as you keep an adequate supply of the product in the pasture all season long. Beneficial insects can be a big help in pest control. James Hunt says buying beneficial insects may be an option. Blaine Reed is the integrated pest management agent for Texas A&M AgriLife in Hale and Swisher counties, and he tells me that it took a few years, but it appears that nature has been finding its balance in response to the sugarcane aphids' visits to our region. And now beneficial insects like ladybugs and green lacewings are helping sorghum farmers out by going after the aphid. That's good to hear. But sorghum is just one example of a crop where beneficial insects gradually come along to assist with pest control. I asked Blaine Reed, what about farmers going out and buying beneficials? I think we need to manage what's in the field, and I think we're doing a much better job of that. I am in favor of buying them if that's an option. We've uh, looked at that economically, and you really it's, it needs to be more preventative. So it's uh, investing possibly pretty close to the amount of a treatment uh, without a pest actually being there. I think we go a lot farther if we manage the beneficials that naturally come around to us. Uh, I think we can, can manage that. You know, things like a ladybug, when they're disturbed, they'll fly away. So your neighbors really thank you for releasing adult ladybugs. <laughs> and, uh, there's a lot in that releasing the timing and things like that. So I'm not against it. But uh, you are investing a lot of money that can equal a a treatment cost. I think managing what we have there through the rotation and say you have another pest outbreak, choosing an insecticidal spray that uh, will save those beneficials or uh, crop rotation systems that won't destroy beneficial habitats. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The Environmental Protection Agency recently granted approval for a new corn trait. Tom Nicoletti has the story. Bayer recently announced the commercial registrations from the Environmental Protection Agency 
for the traits that will enable the commercialization of its newest corn product, VT4 Pro, with RNAi technology in the United States as early as 2024. To talk more about this, we go to Travis Kaufman. He is a Bear Corn Traits Marketing Manager. And Travis, uh, what will this trait provide Texas corn farmers when it comes to uh, fighting uh, various pests in their cornfields? This corn trait, VT4 Pro with RNAi technology, is going to provide growers the widest spectrum of insect defense from bear with protection against both above and below ground corn pests. So what we're doing here is we're bringing together the proven above ground control benefits of our Tricepta technology. Then it has three modes of action for above ground control towards those key pests like corn earworm, as well as two modes of action for below ground control in our newest technology with below ground control, RNAi technology for the latest defense for corn rootworm. Looking forward to testing it on a large scale in 22 and 23 so we can get it on acres in 2024. Now, certainly this is a a versatile product that uh, corn farmers across Texas, whether it be in the northern regions of the Panhandle all the way down to the Rio Grande Valley could uh, utilize? Yeah, absolutely. For those growers that have have run into corn rootworm issues in the past or have higher levels of corn earworm or some of the other above ground tests, this product's going to be a great fit for them. We're hearing from Texas growers how they're super excited about having a product that has VIP3A in it, as well as corn rootworm protection, because there's not many products out there in the marketplace that can help them with that regard. That is Travis Kaufman with Bayer. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. By paying more attention to hay quality, Texas cattlemen can reduce the need to feed supplements. Forage specialist Vanessa Olson tells how. Understanding some of the basic factors affecting hay quality is important. Hopefully, your goal is to produce or purchase high-quality hay that will reduce or better yet eliminate the need for additional protein and energy supplementation. Adequate amounts of fertilizer are needed to produce high yields of hay per acre and to maintain stands of desirable plants for a long period of time. A soil test should be used as a guide in determining the amount of fertilizer and lime needed for economical hay production. One of the biggest factors affecting forage digestibility is plant maturity. As plants increase in maturity, lignin and fiber concentrations increase and forage digestibility decreases. This results in both a decrease in energy and crude protein concentration. To optimize both forage quality and yield, It is commonly recommended that Bermuda grass be harvested every three to five weeks. The most practical way to determine the nutrient content of hay is through forage nutritive analysis. Forage nutritional results can be used to assess quality and to determine amount and type of supplementation needed for the desired level of animal production. Remember that producing or purchasing quality hay that meets the needs of your cattle for protein and energy will eliminate the need for additional protein and energy supplementation. This is Dr. Vanessa Olson with Texas A&M AgriLife Extension in Overton for Texas Ag Today. Spring turkey hunters should be aware that some counties are now in a new zone. I'm Jessica Domel and I'll explain coming up on Texas Ag Today. And as the weather warms up, insects will certainly become a nuisance for horses. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
Break out your camera and snap a pic for the Texas Farm Bureau Photo Contest. You or someone you know can share your best photo with the entire Lone Star State and maybe win some cash, like $250 for first place, $200 for second place, and $100 for honorable mention. The contest is open to Texas Farm Bureau members or an immediate family member. Rural settings and lifestyles are the preferred themes for all submissions, and contestants are limited to one entry per person. Top four winners will be selected and published in the July edition of Texas Agriculture and the summer edition of Texas Neighbors. Snap your pick now for the Texas Farm Bureau Photo Contest. The entry deadline is June 1st. Visit TexasFarmBureau.org for complete contest rules. That's TexasFarmBureau.org. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. As the weather warms up, insects will definitely be a nuisance for horses. Dr. Bob Judd says horses can have reactions to several types of insects. The insects commonly involved with this hypersensitivity reaction are culicoides, which is a gnat, black flies, stable flies, and horn flies. All horses in Texas are going to have some flies, but if the horse is hypersensitive or allergic, the horse will have intense itching, which can lead to skin damage, hair loss, infection, and in severe cases, permanent skin damage. Dr. Susan White with the University of Georgia indicates in the horse publication that horses typically develop the condition in middle age or later, but those that have overall allergy could exhibit signs as early as one year of age. Horses with insect bite hypersensitivity generally get worse every year, and some of these horses are absolutely miserable. There are multiple other diseases that can lead to severe inching in horses, but if the disease only occurs in warm weather, likely insects are the problem. This is a different disease than urticaria, commonly called hives, which can be due to insects, but can also be due to drug reactions or contact irritation. To control insect bite hypersensitivity, you must manage the environment as well as treat the horse, and this is not easy. Eliminating all flying insects is near impossible, but you can reduce their numbers, and a lot depends on the type of fly causing the problem. Stable flies breed in manure and rotting vegetation, while horn flies only breed in cattle manure. So if you do not have cattle in the area, horn flies are generally not a problem. Horses and deer flies breed in vegetation and water, and all of these flies generally bite the horses during the daytime. Join me next time for more on insect bite hypersensitivity in horses. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Spring turkey hunters should be aware that some counties here in Texas are now in a new zone. Jessica Domel has all the details on that in today's Wildlife Report. Spring turkey hunting season is already underway in the Rio Grande South Zone, and it will soon begin in the Rio Grande Special One Turkey Bag Limit Area and in the Rio Grande North Zone. Jason Harden, Wild Turkey Program Leader for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, says hunters should be aware that some counties are now in a new zone. This past commission cycle, the commission approved moving several counties in that Spring South Zone down to Highway 9. 
90 west of San Antonio. So it's about 22 all or part of those counties that in the past were in the south zone with a season opening this Saturday close to March 18th. Those seasons will now open in those 22 counties the Saturday closest to April 1. The goal with that was there was confusion from a lot of our landowners and hunters who knew they were in the north zone during the fall and then would realize they're in the south zone during the spring. So the Parks and Wildlife Commission actually approached staff, asked if there were any biological concerns with making that a consistent zone line along Highway 90. There were no biological concerns, some cultural concerns with hunters traditionally knowing those season dates. But from a biological standpoint, it actually was a better setup for improving reproduction and recruitment because those dominant gobblers typically might not have bred a lot of our hens as of March 18th. Whereas of April 1, a lot of those hens have been bred and hens are even initiating nests. So they're laying their eggs in their nest by April 1. So by moving that season back to April 1, we should ensure more fertilized eggs in the nest and hopefully more recruitment over time. Maps, along with a listing of which counties are in which zones, are available in this year's Outdoor Annual. You can find that via the Outdoor Annual app or on OutdoorAnnual.com. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. We saw a mixed trade in the cattle market on Wednesday, but corn continues to climb higher. We'll look at all of Wednesday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. This is Jessica Domel with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I've spent my entire life involved in agriculture, so I know how stressful farming and ranching can be. Things like the economy, finances, and the weather increase our stress levels and can leave us feeling defeated. That's where the Texas Agri-Stress Helpline comes in. Write this number down, 833-897-2474. That is 833-897-2474. Have you experienced problems like rising costs, market fluctuations, family conflicts, or extreme weather? Are you feeling stressed and defeated? Well, it is okay to ask for help. Call the Texas Agri-Stress Helpline. Here's the number again, 833-897-2474. That is 833-897-2474. If you can't write it down right now, just remember you can go to farmlifehelp.com. That is farm lifehelp.com. Even the toughest people need help sometimes. Don't wait. Call today. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. The cattle market traded both sides of unchanged on Wednesday, and that's how we closed. Both live and feeder cattle having a mixed close. April live cattle finishing unchanged at 139.42. June up 27, 135.97. August live cattle up 22 cents at 137.15. Feeder cattle seeing the same thing. March down 22 cents at 156.10, while April was up $1.20. 161.77. May feeder cattle up 37 cents at 165.80. Cash fed cattle market seeing some light trade at midweek. Sales here in the South at 138. That's steady money with last week. The online fed cattle exchange sold on Wednesday. Over 3,600 head were listed, but none of those cattle actually sold. 
Boxed beef was higher Wednesday. Choice up a dollar thirty-nine at two sixty-one thirty-six. Select up a dollar twenty two fifty-three oh nine. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. The special breeding sheep sale was held this last Saturday in San Angelo. The regular commercial sheep sale was a little lower in price, but Benny, you said that did not bother this end of the market. No, that thing was really good. That's kind of the bright spot of the deal. Uh, we had uh, a good many of these females, these well-grown-out yearlings uh, that were exposed, they'd sell anywhere from 350 to 460 mostly over 400 uh, We did have one set of blackheads that sold up as high as 575 per head. Uh, we had a few ewe and lamb pairs uh, kind of selling that 400 to 410 uh, range per, and that'd be per pair. Uh, we had a handful of uh, nanny kids. We didn't have any advertised the whole deal. They just kind of showed up the last two or three days. They sell from 325 to 385, and those were, you know, coming yearlings. And then the bucks, uh, the black. it was the day for the blackheads. They got along real well. They sell mostly from 500 to $800 per head. We had some really good white dorper types, and these were more dorper type. Uh, but but we got along real well. I, I We had 59 people that signed up for that sale, so... A lot of talent, a lot of interest, a lot of bidding. Uh, we didn't have near as many as we've had the last five sales. Uh, we were having about, I think it kind of laid in there about 2,000 females. We didn't have it about 600 this time, so that was part of it as well. But there's there's a lot of demand out there for these these nannies and these uh, hair sheep females because I get lots of calls. Just not a lot of move. Uh, looks like people are going to have to buy these U-lambs when we get on into spring and through the summer if they want to get some numbers. Benny, tell everybody how to get a hold of you in San Angelo at Producers. Yeah, my number is 325-234-4277. Office, same area code, 653-3371. Or they can always look at the web, which is producersandcargyle.com. Neighbor, this is Larry Marble in San Angelo reporting for Texas Ag Today. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now where lean hogs close sharply higher on Wednesday. April hogs up 230 at 102.55. May up 342 closing at 114.65. Class 3 milk was mixed, the March contract unchanged at 22.42.100. April milk down 8 cents at 24.23.100 weight. The cotton market finished mixed with the old crop lower, the new crop higher. Dry weather here in Texas and a smaller crop in India, both factoring into the trade on Wednesday. May cotton finishing a point lower at 130.03. October cotton up 59 points at 114.05, while December was up 54 to close at 108.55. The corn market closed higher on Wednesday. Ukraine's ag minister stating that planting there will likely fall by 40% from last year's level. That's helping to boost the corn market even higher with May corn up four and three quarters, 757 and three quarters. New crop September corn up two and a quarter, 687 and a half. The wheat market closed lower, both hard and soft wheat finishing lower Wednesday. July Kansas City wheat down four and a quarter, 1105 and a half. July Chicago wheat down nine and three quarters at 1091 and a quarter. In the energy markets, April natural gas was down six cents at 512. May crude oil up 541, 114.68 a barrel. The financial markets lower Wednesday afternoon. The Dow down 448 points, 34,358. The Nasdaq down 186 at 13,922. The S&P down 55 points at 4,456. 
That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state on the planet, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Thank you.